What is up, ladies and gentle nerds? It's your boy Graham, also known as HamHawks42 on the internet, and today we are looking at another random magic card. Alright, so let's go ahead and take a look. Today we are looking at Mycaloth. And uh, this is an interesting one. It's a fungus, actually. Um, and I... Uh, I'm interested only because, okay, it's a rare, and this particular one that we're looking at is from Commander 2015. So we have a rare, we have a, we have a Commander-specific product, and I find it really interesting, the cards that are um, printed or reprinted in Commander products, because Commander cards feel so different from standard or modern cards. And so let's go ahead and take a look at it. So Mycaloth, it is a fungus. It's a 4-4 for 3 generic green-green, total cost 5. Devour 2, which means as this enters the battlefield, you may sacrifice any number of creatures. This creature enters the battlefield with, with twice that many plus 1 plus 1 counters on it. At the beginning of your upkeep, put a 1-1 one, one green sapperling creature token onto the battlefield for each plus 1 plus 1 counter on Mycaloth. Wow. Alright, so this card is weird. Um, I, there are some things about it that I like. Okay, so 4-4 four, for four, 5 is a little bit underrate. However, if you sacrifice one creature to it, it comes in as a 6-6. Six, six. So it costs 5, you sacrifice a creature, comes in as a 6-6. Six, six. That creates two sapperling creature tokens each turn. So, mm, that's not bad. Um, I want this in a Golgari deck where I can benefit from sacrificing. That's the biggest thing. If I can make that enter the battlefield work for me, I'm going to be pretty happy. Um, yeah, and actually, that that Devour mechanic reminds me very much of um, what is it, God Eternal Bantu from War of the Spark, which of all the mythics in War of the Spark, the, the God Eternals kind of got swept under the rug as all the other craziness going on in that set. Um, but Bantu is interesting because when God Eternal Bantu came into play, you could sacrifice any number of permanence. I think they may have been non-land permanence, but anyway, you can sacrifice any number of permanence and then draw a card for each one. Um, which, like, on paper, I look at that and it's like, okay, this is kind of cool, but you know, being able to draw a bunch of cards is nice, but do it, in what situation am I going to want to sacrifice my entire board? You know, like, that's, that's a tall order, for sure. Um, however, Mycaloth, um, in a situation where you're running cards that if I'm in a Golgari deck where I have cards like Moldervine Reclamation, where I can draw cards and gain life every time a creature dies, or I'm running, um, what is it, Midnight Reaper, you know, where I'm drawing cards every single time a creature dies, this is all good stuff. This is this is money. Like, if I can get this into a deck with those types of synergies, the possibilities here are pretty damn gnarly, um, and I like that. I like that a lot, actually. So. I gotta say, Mycaloth, I'm here for this. So what I can envision is a deck that's already going to be creating tokens, a deck that already has some kind of synergy, um, actually, and also with cards that come into play from the graveyard, being able to um, recur this and reanimate, you have some really cool potential. Um, because the thing is, like, let's say you have, um, let's say you have a Blood for Bones in your hand, or a Kaya's ghost form, or some way to loop this thing. So, like, let's say I have a Blood for Bones, right? This thing's on the field. When it first comes down, I sacrifice a whole bunch of tokens, get some cool value out of that. Um, and because it comes in with two plus one plus one counters for each creature you sacrifice, let's go ahead, or each, is it, uh, no, it, okay, it does have to be creatures that you sacrifice to it. When that happens, you get all those plus one plus one counters, and then the following turn, you create a whole mess of sapperlings. If I can hit a Blood for Bones on this thing, pull it back into play, and 
because of the exchange rate, because I'm getting two plus one plus one counters for each creature I sacrifice, and I'm getting one sapperling for for each plus one plus one counter, that doubles. That that will just build on itself. So let's say I sacrifice two creatures when this first comes into play. It comes into play with four plus one plus one counters on. The next turn I get four plus I get four sapperling tokens. And assuming I don't have any other creatures that I want to sacrifice to this thing, if I can recur this, if I can blink it, if I can sacrifice it and reanimate it, it comes back into play. I sacrifice almost all those sapperlings. I now sacrifice four sapperlings to drop it on there. All of a sudden that comes that gets eight plus one, plus one counters. And so now it's a 12-12, which no big deal there. Just throwing that out there. Um, let me go ahead and slap my lightning cubes on that and go to town. But even then, the following turn, you get, you then get eight sapperlings. Do some kind of recursion action, bring it back. And now you sacrifice those eight sapperlings. You put 16 plus one, plus one counters on this thing. And now it's a 20-20. Like, that is a loop that if you, there are combos and ways to set that loop up that wouldn't even be that hard with um you know with just a general sack engine and then some some way to recur which i mean um what is it pathway to eternity comes to mind i think that's the name of it journey to eternity that's the name it's an aura that when a creature dies um it comes right back so immediately right there boom it that fits but then you can transform journey to eternity into atzel cave of eternity which is a land that has pay five one of which has to be green one of which has to be black so three generic black green tap it return a creature from your graveyard to the battlefield so that is recurring reanimation so for five each turn you could pull that off um assuming you have some kind of sack outlet and it could be anything like it really doesn't matter um you know, some way to sacrifice Mike a lot. The other thing you can be doing is you can be swinging with this with this thing. Um, and because not only do you have this really cool engine that's creating all these tokens that you can keep sacrificing and do that loop. Now, it, and that's only if you want to do that kind of recursive loop. Because the truth is, if you have some other way of generating tokens, if you're in a situation where you already have a handful of tokens or you already just have a board full of like small creatures that you're not really too concerned about, maybe you've been doing some other recursive graveyard shenanigans or you have other token generators or whatever's going on. If you have those kinds of situations, there's no reason you can't just drop this once, sacrifice four or five things to it, get eight tokens, or get eight plus one plus one counters on it, and just create eight saplings every freaking turn. That's nuts. The amount of value you can get out of this thing is fantastic. Now, at the same time, there are cards like Avenger of Zendikar, which can produce tokens faster and more reliably. And so I have a feeling like Mycoloth is one of, one of those cards where it is very good for what it does, and it can do a lot of really fun things. And I like this card a lot. Actually, I can already think of an Abzan deck that I'm considering putting this in um, because I love being able to do graveyard loops. And to be honest, this is the kind of card where that I would love to have in that deck because right now I have an infinite loop that can just straight up win me the game. If I'm in a situation where I want to cut that out, um, if, if I'm in a situation where I'm in a more casual environment where I'm going up against people with like pre-constructed decks, it would probably not be a bad idea for me to take the Sun Titan, which is the big monster creature that enables that infinite combo, pull that out and put in Mycoloth. Because then all of a sudden, all those exact same combo pieces that I use to recur the Sun Titan over and over again will allow me to recur my Mycoloth over and over again without the infinite combo kill that um, Sun Titan allows. So... That then all of a sudden, like I'd be able to get some get a cool effect, and so and get all the engine 
get all the little pieces of this deck that I've carefully put together to do cool things, continuing to do cool things, but they're not a crazy, infinite, I immediately win cool thing, you know, but if I'm at a table where people are going a little more, a little more aggressive, um, where people have some higher power stuff in there, okay, Sun Titan can go in and we can, we can go for it, but if, if it's a casual night with friends who maybe don't have really tuned in decks, Michaeloth would be an excellent, excellent addition to any kind of graveyard synergy deck that just wants to do really cool things, and it may not be the most aggressive, the most fast, the most um, bananas crazy way to do things, you know, but it's it's good. You know, the fact that you have to sacrifice creatures in order to power it up, in order to fuel it, um, that is that is a mild bummer. Also, the fact that this thing has the opportunity to get freaking huge, um, I believe it's freaking huge, freaking huge, the fact that that can happen, and it doesn't have trample natively on the card, that kind of sucks. Um, like, that's not nothing. That's a really significant issue. So, that's something to keep in mind. Because a 2020 that can get chump blocked all day is not really worth that much in a game of Commander. Like, let's just be honest. It isn't. Um, unless you can do some other cool, crazy shenanigans with it. I mean, actually, some kind of exponential loop, like we were discussing, where turn over turn, it just gets twice as big as it was last turn, would be really fun. Um, because it has the opportunity, like, if you can get two or three ticks off of that, you could create quite the situation that your opponents would have to deal with. Now, that's only going to work, though, in a situation where your opponents aren't running a lot of, um, where they aren't running a lot of disruption. Because one well-placed counterspell, one well-placed board wipe, or one well-placed kill spell um, in the right moments in those sequence, and it just, it falls apart, which is ultimately why I'm why I'm saying that maybe this doesn't belong in a very powerful commander deck, but in like a lower tier battle cruiser style. Um, when I say battle cruiser, by the way, that is a colloquial term for um, commander decks that don't have much interaction. Like if you're at a table where not a lot of people have are interacting with one another, and it's not necessarily a competitive game, but people are trying to assemble some big, weird, fun thing on their side and then just kind of pit them against each other, that's referred to as a battle cruiser deck. Um, and it's really, the idea is it's slow, it's big, um, you know, it's very much the Timmy archetype, if you go by the psychographic profiles that Mark Rosewater came up with many, many years ago. Um, yeah, and that is just kind of the fun, low-power game of Commander that we think of. We think of Battlecruiser style, where I'm just going to create something big and weird and fun, and then you, while you're creating something big and weird and fun, and then we're going to smash them together and just see what happens. And to be honest, that's a lot of fun. Like, there's definitely a time and a place for that. Like, there's a time and a place for finding out where, you know, really honing in and understanding where each one point of damage is going to come in and figuring out the maximum amount of value you can get to best your opponent. There's a time and a place for that, and that can be a lot of fun if that is the experience you're looking for. But I know a lot of people go into Commander, specifically, with the idea of kicking back, night with the fellas, maybe crack a cold one, we're going to hang out, we're going to play some cards. For some reason, like, we don't want to play poker, we want to play magic, and let's just have some fun. And maybe I'm not, you know, producing the most optimal lines that my deck can, but I, that's fine. As long as I'm chuckling with my buddies, and as long as we get to see something cool happen. That's the other thing. I think, this is, I'm going to preach this until I'm blue in the face, and then I'm going to take a deep breath and keep preaching it. This game is supposed to be fun. This game needs to be fun. And you should be able to find fun everywhere. If your opponent does something really, really cool and you lose the game, 
You just got to watch something really, really cool. Enjoy it. Savor it. Appreciate when someone does something different, even if you're at the receiving end of it. That's the thing. For me, magic is not a competitive sport. It never has been, and it never will be. It is a 1v1. But I go into those experiences, even against nameless, faceless people in arena, I go into that experience trying to create a fun moment. And the other person on the other side of the table is a collaborator. And that right there is actually ultimately why, um, why if you watch my live streams, you know that control lockdown decks really kind of chat me. They get me frustrated. Um, you know, I, I really dislike that style, like the stacks style, which is very prevalent and standard right now um, because it creates feel bad moments because it locks me out from playing the game and it locks me out from collaborating with this person across the table and creating a fun moment because I have fun moments that I want to create and you have fun moments that you want to create and if you get to your fun moment first and I lose the game but you had something really cool going and you created a weird combo that I've never seen before I'm going to celebrate that. Dude, the first time that I saw somebody slap a Colossification onto a Storm Herald and fling it into my face on turn three, I was ecstatic. I have never been happier to have a gigantic cat claw me in the face for 20 damage. It was so cool. I loved seeing that. And you better believe I'm looking at building that deck myself because it's just so cool. I love that stuff, and I believe we should all love that stuff. We should appreciate that stuff. And Michaeloth is the kind of card that can create those big, weird, fun moments as long as you are in an environment that gives it an opportunity to shine and an opportunity to pop off, because it can get there. It's easy to disrupt, and you have to pay a really significant price to get it online. But if it has an opportunity to get online... It could be a whole lot of fun. And I gotta say, I like that. I think we should celebrate the fun. After all, it's a game, right? Awesome, guys. Well, thank you so much for hanging out with me. This has actually been a really uh, a really cathartic episode. And uh, yeah, thanks. I appreciate that. I guess I, I actually hadn't considered the collaborative nature of the competitive game. Because that's the funny thing. Like on, In MMOs and those types of games, I'm always big time into pve like i don't get into the pvp games i'm i'm very much team oriented i love collaborating but at the same time i absolutely love magic and it didn't even occur to me that even though the nature of the game is competitive i have gone into it with a collaborative mindset this whole time um so that was a this actually like so thank you for coming to my therapy session i understand we're out of time um i'm looking forward to seeing you again next time which is going to be here tomorrow um and I just got to say, thank you so much, everybody. You're wonderful people. Thank you for tuning in. You can also catch me over on Twitch, twitch.tv slash hamhocks42. If you have any ideas for episodes like this, please don't hesitate to send me a note. Actually, if you want to pop into my Twitch chat and um, and request specific cards, you're more than welcome to. I will absolutely get to them. You can also hit me up in Discord. That, um, that link is in the description of this episode. And yeah, I look forward to catching you next time. Thanks so much. Have a wonderful day. Stay safe out there.